Mike Elkin Radio. The coronavirus might be the last of its kind ever. Hi, this is Mike. Of course, nobody is predicting the end of pandemics. The conventional wisdom is that viral outbreaks like the one that causes COVID-19 will happen again and again. In fact, wisdom isn't conventional at all. Nobody that I'm aware of is thinking logically about what the world would look like in a few years when the next killer virus starts to spread. The pandemic nerds aren't talking with the technology nerds, and so the future of using emerging technologies to combat viral outbreaks isn't really being thoughtfully considered. But let's start with a framing you haven't heard before. Our reaction to the coronavirus, the social distancing, the sheltering in place, the self-quarantining, the travel banning, the flight canceling, the restaurant closing, the working from home, the layoffs, the furloughs, the recession, the depression, is all caused by ignorance. Specifically, we're ignorant about who is contagious with the coronavirus and who is not. People can spread the disease days before they exhibit symptoms, if they exhibit symptoms at all. Anyone can be contagious, including me, including you. We don't know. We're ignorant. And because we're ignorant, we all have to act as if we've got the virus, and everyone we come in contact with has the virus. We don't go to work. We wear masks. We close restaurants and all the rest. That's our necessary reaction to a deadly disease that anybody could have and anybody could spread. But what if we weren't ignorant? What if one of the symptoms of COVID-19 was that the second you were contagious, your hair turned blue? That would be great because we could quarantine and isolate all the blue-haired people. And the rest of us could go to work, gather in restaurants, fly to vacations, and live life normally. There would be no pandemic, because the Chinese government would never let blue-haired people leave their homes or the city of Wuhan. They would never let blue-haired people board flights out of the country, and even if they did, we would never let blue-haired people arriving from anywhere leave the airport. They would go straight into quarantine. The virus wouldn't spread, and if it did, it could be easily contained without social and economic disruption. Just avoid and isolate the blue-haired people, and there would be no crisis. There would also be fewer punks and goths. Right now, as I speak, hundreds or thousands of people are working on the equivalent of hair turning blue, which is to say a clear early warning signal when someone gets infected with a coronavirus. The key is wearable computing devices like the smartwatch, the smart ring, and the smart glasses. Electronic devices that touch your skin all day and all night can detect subtle changes in your body that indicate you're fighting infection. When the human body is fighting infection, the resting heart rate is slightly elevated. This is easiest to measure during sleep, and also sleep is disrupted. Body temperature may rise, and infection of the lungs causes subtle changes in breathing even in the early stages. Sensors built into wearables can detect and measure all of this. Artificial intelligence can sift through all this data and can guess accurately when you're infected with something. Today, AI's role in all this is theoretical, but very soon it will be quite practical. 
These numbers can be crunched in aggregate to detect regional outbreaks, and they can be crunched for individuals to diagnose disease for each and every person. The Scripps Research Translational Institute launched a project called DETECT, which is an acronym for Digital Engagement and Tracking for Early Co Control and Treatment, which uses apps to figure out how to detect COVID-19 early. The idea is to use existing smartwatches and activity trackers like Fitbit to identify the illness from changes in heart rate, activity, and sleep patterns. The team has already demonstrated in the past that by analyzing data from 47,000 Fitbit devices, they could improve predictions of influenza outbreaks at the state level. Their new study goes beyond Fitbit to incorporate the Apple Watch, Garmin Watch, and other devices. The German Public Health Authority this week launched in partnership with a startup called Thrive, a smartwatch app called Corona Datenspender. The app harvests pulse, temperature, and sleep patterns from smartwatches and fitness trackers, which is analyzed and uploaded to produce a public map of viral outbreaks. It's also possible that changes in a person's breathing could reveal COVID-19. A fitness tracker company called Whoop, which makes the Whoop strap, added COVID-19 as a monitoring option inside their app, which also included the option to participate in a study with Queensland University. If this study pans out, it could mean that wearables that monitor breathing rate could add another trackable variable for the early detection of viral outbreaks. Even right now, an Apple Watch app called Cardiogram has recently added the capability to monitor flu or COVID-19 symptoms. The feature looks mainly at resting heart rate and sleep patterns. The app doesn't diagnose these conditions, but it does show that something is different, something is off, and that you should self-quarantine and, and con contact your doctor. The Radboud University Medical Center in the Netherlands is testing whether their experiments to help Parkinson's disease can, Parkinson's disease can be repurposed in the fight against COVID-19. Using smartwatches made by Google, or more accurately, Alphabet's company called Verily, researchers are already harvesting data for analysis, including heart rate and skin resistance. Again, this is in the fight against Parkinson's disease, but... University of California at San Diego and San Francisco are working with a smart ring sold by a Finnish company called Aura. The ring takes continuous measurements of the wearer's temperature, heart rate, respiration rate, and activity, which scientists believe may help detect or track COVID-19. The ring offloads data via Bluetooth to a purpose-built smartphone app. Ideally, the ring should detect COVID-19 before symptoms begin. Tens of thousands of volunteers are currently testing the ring, including at least 2,000 frontline healthcare workers. It also, by the way, monitors stress and anxiety, which is important for those healthcare workers. And smart glasses can be used to detect fever in people who don't even have wearables. A Chinese AI startup called Rokid sells smart glasses that can detect and record infrared images and temperatures of anyone to a distance up to three meters and, and also send an alert when somebody with a fever is recorded. They also do face recognition, uh, which is, you know, useful in China for the government to identify the names and addresses of people who are walking around with a fever. 
They're already deployed in China. But the company is reportedly in talks with several companies in the United States to use them here in the U.S. This is an example of a wearable that could detect possible infection in people who don't have their own infection detecting wearable. And there are others. Enterprise smart glasses maker Vuzix is partnering with a company called LibraStream, which makes a thermal camera called the OnSite Cube. And if you combine those with the glasses, the camera, to detect COVID-19, uh, you can actually use their purpose-built software and the glasses camera combination to display real-time thermal video as augmented reality. Third Eye Gen's X2 MR glasses are also being dragooned into service in the fight against COVID-19. Uh, in their trials, as paramedics help somebody, video and audio are beamed to doctors in the hospital and the person's temperature is taken in real time without contact using a built-in thermal sensor. This could theoretically help the spread of a virus to first responders and then later to hospital staff. The great coronavirus pandemic of 2020 is traumatizing everyone and is causing massive social and economic disruption. It's the great black swan event of our lifetimes and will continue to disrupt everything for at least two years. But scientists, governments, and private companies are proving that wearable devices are going to be our most effective tools for detecting outbreaks, enforcing social distancing, and identifying for quarantine people who are infected well before these symptoms occur. And once the technologies and practices for using wearables to fight outbreaks is developed, it will be trivial to simply build these into existing wearable platforms. These technologies will be able to detect not only COVID-19, but also influenza and other viral illnesses, including future coronaviruses. Protecting yourself, your family, your coworkers, your company, your country, and your species from the next catastrophic viral outbreak is the application that will make wearables desirable, popular, and necessary. Do you see what I'm saying? It turns out that wearables finally have their killer app, saving humanity from killer viruses. Hey, one last note before I close, and speaking of ending the ignorance around the coronavirus, I've launched a free newsletter called How to Thrive in the Post-Pandemic World. Most of the news these days seems to be about the coronavirus and its effects. It's filled with doom and gloom, death counts, social disruption, political bullshit, and people are turning to this news compulsively many times a day. It's not healthy. It's damaging people's mental health and rising stress levels. So one time each weekday, I send you the headlines and summaries of between 4 and 12 stories that clarify and illuminate new facts about the crisis and how to deal with the aftermath, which can inform you and enable you to take action without all the stressful noise. So you can check that out at elgin.com newsletter. My name is Mike Elgin, and thanks for listening.